Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening and welcome to the History of Germany podcast. I'm Travis Dow. I know Etsy has already been covered on several podcasts. He's a popular topic because finding that one person we learned all kinds of stuff about Copper Age Europeans and really completely changed a lot of ideas of people around 5,000 years ago. But even then, I'll fly through it pretty quickly because this has been done before. The only reason I'm going to talk about him is because it really does give a great glimpse of some of the people we've been covering and in the last few shows and also the next few shows. So we're talking about 3,300 BCE in, in the Copper Age. And maybe there's some of you out there that don't know, so we're talking about Ötzi the Iceman, which is the nickname of a remarkably well-preserved natural mummy, and it was found in 1991 by some hikers near the Simelaun Mountain and Hauslapjoch in the Ötztal Alps. So Ötztal, Ötzi, right? It's, it's basically right on the Austrian-Italian border. It's, it's actually 93 meters on the Italian side, uh, if, if you wanted to know. What makes him so interesting is that he really is remarkably preserved. They were able to figure out where he was raised, um, where he had moved to by, by pollen analysis, the remains of his stomach, like the last two meals he ate, dust grains, the isotopic composition of his tooth enamel. Uh, he had intact blood cells. In fact, these are the oldest blood cells ever identified. In most bodies this old, the blood cells are either shrunken or mere remnants, but Ötzi's have the same dimensions as living red blood cells, you know, and they also and they resemble a modern-day sample, which is again, it's, it's it's actually pretty amazing. So Ötzi was around 45 years old at the time of his death. His DNA was examined and compared. Um, his last meal was one of chamois meat the other of red deer and herb bread. Both were eaten with grain as well as roots and fruits. Chaff and grains of einkorn and bailey, seeds of flax, poppy were discovered, as well as kernels as sloes, kind of like a, a plum-like fruit. Various seeds of berries that grow in the wild. They, even did a, they also did a hair analysis, which was used to examine his diet from, several, from up to several months before. Then in 2009, uh, they did a CAT scan and it revealed that the stomach had shifted upwards. But once they were able to figure that out, then they could examine the stomach. There's a few theories of what his occupation was, and uh, we'll get to those. But um, at first, kind of, there was high levels of both copper particles and arsenic found in Ötzi's hair. And then this, along with his copper axe, which is almost pure copper, sort of for a time led scientists to speculate that he was maybe involved in copper smelting or that he may have been a shepherd based on some of the wear on some of his muscles. Um, other things they found out it was that he had whipworm, which is a parasite in, your, in the intestine. DNA analysis also showed that he was lactose intolerant. And another interesting thing is that he had tattoos and he had several sort of, they were carbon tattoos, including groups of short parallel kind of vertical lines to both sides of the lumbar spine and, and sort of a 
across like mark behind the right knee, and then also more marks around both ankles. Some of the examinations of his bones showed that he had a sort of age-conditioned or like, you know, stra strain-induced degener degeneration in these areas. So it's been speculated that these tattoos may have been related to pain relief or, you know, something akin to acup acupuncture or like acupressure. And if so, if this is the case, then this is at least 2,000 years before the previously known earliest use of acupuncture in China, which was around 1,000 BCE. Also, what was really pretty cool are, was what he was wearing. Just this one person changed almost completely what we kind of thought people wore at the time, because just everything he was wearing was so well-preserved. So he had a cloak made of woven grass, he had a coat, belt, pair of leggings, loincloth, shoes, all made of leather of different skins. And, and this is important because um, if it made sense to if it, if it made sense to make something out of a tough hide, then they used that. And if, they made, if it made sense to use something out of like really soft leather, then they used that. Uh, so he, he also wore a bearskin cap with a leather chin strap, for example. So something, you know, really warm. And the shoes were even waterproof and wide. Possibly some sort of like snowshoe hybrid, you know, just wide, you know, so you have a wide tread to, so you can walk in snow. Also made of bearskin for the soles, and then deer hide for the top, and then netting made of tree bark. And then it was kind of stuffed with soft grass that went around the foot, which, you know, were kind of like, you know, socks that you could change or just, you know, insulation. And then his belt had a pouch sewn into it that contained a cache full of useful items like scraper drill, flint flake, bone awl, and dried fungus, you know, for just various uses. And then, of course, that copper axe. With the, now, the copper axe had a U-handle, and he also had a flint-bladed knife with an ash handle and a quiver of 14 arrows with viburnum and dogwood shafts. So again, we see several different kinds of wood and chosen for their, you know, abilities as wood, so chosen for their strengths. Two of the arrows, which were broken, were tipped with flint and had fletching, which is kind of, you know, the stabilizing fins in the back, while the other 12 were unfinished and untipped. So the arrows were found in the quiver, along with what is possibly a bowstring, and then an unidentified tool and an antler tool, which might have been used for sharpening those arrow points. And he had a U longbow, which kind of makes me think of, like, you know, the U longbows of, of British fame, but, you know, there you, there you have it. And then he also had berries, uh, birch bark baskets, the, the species of mushrooms he had, um, which he kind of carried with leather strings through them. One of them is known to have antibacterial properties, and, you know, there's a good chance it was used for medicinal purposes. And the other was sort of like a tinder fungus, kind of like, um, you know, to, to set a fire, basically, which was, you know, part of a, a larger, more complex fire starting kit. So, you know, pretty advanced stuff. The kit, in fact, the kit featured some pieces of over a dozen different plants, in addition to, you know, flint and pyrite for creating sparks. Now, another interesting thing, another, based on another few interesting studies, are his genetic markers. So, right now, if we're going to say who is Ötzi actually related to of today's living people, his closest living people in, gen in general are actually in South Corsica, also more broadly southern Europeans in general, and 
but particularly, you know, Sardinia and Corsica, like some isolated populations. So, you know, so those people have been there for a very long time. Uh, he's also the earliest known human with Lyme disease. And another paper suggested that Ötzi has a higher degree of Neanderthal ancestry than modern Europeans. So since his time, you know, people with Neanderthal genes have died out even more. Then in another local study, it was reported that 19 modern Tyrolean men were related to Ötzi. So Tyrol is like that, that region where he was found. And this was, you know, in a sample of over 3,700. So that's, that's pretty interesting that he does seem to have... Uh, descendants in, you know, in the same local region 5,000 years later. Now, there's several interesting theories put together of how he died and his last hours alive, you know, what he was doing, where he got, you know, how he got to be exactly where he was found. That's already discussed in length on other shows and other podcasts. But, I'll, you know, suffice it to say that there are several theories throughout the years since his discovery in 1991. Now, if we skip to the spoiler, the last theory, um, the latest theory is that he had just eaten a big meal, but then he was shot in the back with an arrow and then hit on the head. Okay, long story short, that's what all the, the evidence currently says happened. But of course, you know, it wouldn't be a great story without a couple of legends thrown in. So there is also the Etsy curse. There's a theory that seven people died involved with Etsy. One was even very, one even died very close to the site in the mountains, sort of a la King Tut, right? You can go, you know, for more details, go look that up too. That's, that's been discussed elsewhere, but um, yeah, there is an interesting kind of legend associated, you know, curse associated with it. That's about all I have on Etsy itself. Before we end, I just wanted to say that I've kind of decided that I won't always go chronologically. I might pick some topics and take them from beginning to end outside of the main kind of chronological history series. Um, and then I also might do shows on just, you know, culture rather than history. And and uh, looks like I have some um, kind of tour guides that are interested in, you know, telling a couple of stories and, and, and legends and history on the show. So stay tuned for that. Next time we'll look at some other contemporaries of Etsy. And over the next few episodes, we'll kind of move all the way up to the Celts and then bring us into Roman contact with Central Europe. That's all coming in the next few episodes. And thank you very much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.